Hey, disciples, welcome back to Holy Week. Now, listen, this is the part that we've been waiting for. I know some of y'all got questions. Why is a good Friday? It's not good. I mean, why we celebrate? I had the same questions when I was younger, but it is actually a good thing. Jesus knew after he finished praying in the garden, he knew that it was time for him to fulfill his purpose. And he had some scriptures to fulfill, some prophecies to fulfill still. He still had a purpose up until his last breath. And because he fulfilled his purpose, it helps us and ensures us that when we finish our purpose, we'll hear those words, come on, good and faithful servant. (laughs) But listen, the truth of the matter is that being a disciple of Jesus and being a believer is hard in this world because this world is full of non-believers. It's built on a rebellion instead of obedience. And so when you uh, proclaim and you stand up in the name of Jesus and you declare that you are a follower of Christ and that you are a street disciple, that, you know, things gonna happen. It, it's inevitable. And the good news is that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And he showed us the way. He was the great example. He'd been through some of everything. I mean, he had the police watching him too. (laughs) What do you call the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes? They was always watching, always lurking, always profiling, trying to catch him slipping. You know, it is what it is. And even though it was what it was. Jesus faced it every day with his head held high. And so you and I, disciples, no matter what our situation is, whether it be war, whether it be famine, whether it be disease, whether it be bills, whether it be relationships, whether it be financial situations, we can overcome them through Christ who strengthens us. You feeling weak, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Listen, this is the grand finale, the peace to resist stones, okay? <laughs> this is where it all comes down to it. And, and we still have some days left to see the fullness thereof. There's a reason, there's a purpose to the pain that Jesus went through. There's a purpose to the pain that you and I go through. He ain't just hurting you. He's making us. He's fortifying us. He's making us God tough. Forget for tough. I made God tough. Do you hear me? These trials and tribulations and and things that we witness is not to break us, but to make us stronger so that when the enemy comes, we will be uh, unbreakable. Because <laughs> even Jesus said, no man take my life. I lay it down. <laughs> And we're going to see that in these seven last words. Jesus was talking big things, big kingdom talk, even until his last breath. And so let us get our hearts, our minds, and our souls right, because we are going to dig deep and we are going to take away everything that we need from what Jesus said on the cross. Let's go. 
Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me tell this story now. The Green Mile. <laughs> Good Friday edition. Can you imagine how Jesus fell from Hosanna, Hosanna to crucify him? As he walked the green mile, Jesus dropped the cross, then Simon the Cyrene came and carried the cross for him. Now all the women follow, weeping and wailing, weeping and wailing, weeping and wailing. Jesus turned around and said, don't weep for me, but weep for your children, what they do to them without the tree. Now here we are. On Calvary's hill, aka forgot the place of the skulls. Now he's thrown down and put into position. Wait, listen, can't you hear the hammer ringing? Nails in his wrist and nails through his feet. A crown of thorns on his head and he's bleeding. Now here's the crown. They begin to gaze as up, 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 up Jesus is raised. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it Even though it seems like it's bad And Mother Mary is sad Gotta celebrate cause it's Good Friday Now wait, he's trying to breathe No, listen, trying to speak Seven last things that Jesus has said Seven last things that this what he said Father, the evil, they know not what they do. Then the one thief starts mocking him too. Rude. The other thief says, man, is you crazy? Our punishment is justified, but this man is innocent. Then he said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, please remember me. And Jesus turned and said, and this is what he said. Truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Then he looks and sees his mother. He says, woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. Then there's this total eclipse, a shift in the atmosphere. Sin entered him. He said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Then he said, I thirst, they gave in the it was finished, and then he said this last thing. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. There's an earthquake, the dead raised, the temple ran. Jesus, he takes one last breath. He gave up the ghost, and now Jesus is dead. So we're in Luke 23, and according to Dr. Luke, Jesus is on the cross and he's being mocked by all of those around him. They're like, oh, you saved others. Why can't you save yourself? And he had the sign King of the Jews on him, and they're still spitting on him and laughing. And all this craziness, Jesus looks around, and according to Luke, he says the first thing that Jesus says is, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Forgiveness is the takeaway. Sometimes situations are very difficult. And you find it that someone has done to you the unforgivable. But Jesus in the Bible tells us no matter what it feels like, forgive them anyway. Why must we forgive? Because they don't 
know. They don't know how great you are. They don't know the purpose that God has put in your life. They don't know the power that he has given you. They don't know. They don't know. You have to forgive people for their ignorance. They haven't come into the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to see your potential, to see your greatness. But just as Jesus did, we must say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They don't know you're the next millionaire. They don't know you're the next artist. They don't know you're the next a businesswoman in your community, the next city council, they don't know. But you know who does know? God knows. And God says, forgive. How could Jesus tell the disciples when ye pray, you ought to pray this way and then come and not forgive himself? Jesus would never ask you to do anything he wouldn't do himself. He told us to forgive so that we could be forgiven. We have to forgive others just as we want God to forgive us for our sins. We want him to forgive us for lying, forgive us for cheating, stealing, and come on, being judgmental. That is not our job. The ultimate and righteous judge is Jesus, and he says, forgive. You got to let it go. Forgiveness ain't for them. Forgiveness is for you. You cannot reach your full purpose. You can't hit it full steam ahead. You can't take a leap of faith if you walked around this world like a bag lady. Put down the baggage. You're using too much energy to be focused on failures. The failures of a relationship. I can't forgive him. Then forget him. <laughs> and move on and walk in your purpose. We got to forgive. Take that away. Forgive. Forgive so you can have peace. Forgive so you can have joy. Forgive, forgive, and forgive. Next. <laughs> As he's praying to the Father and saying, please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Then the thief, one of the thieves that's crucified with him, says, why don't you save yourself and save us too? The other thief quickly says, do you not fear God? Are you crazy? <laughs> that's basically what he said. Do you know who you talking to? He said, no, no, we deserve to be crucified. This man is innocent. Remember, he took the place of Barabbas, the murderer, the taker of life. Jesus was a substitute, the giver of life. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And here, Jesus when he's being cru crucified and criticized all at the same time, someone who's in the same predicament as him recognizes that he has greatness. There's going to be someone that you least expect that's going to speak life into you and let you know that they believe. They believe in your hopes and your dreams. They believe in your goals. Even if your goal is something as simple as being debt free, they believe that you can do it. He said, listen, our punishment is justified for us, but this man, he's innocent. And then he says, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, please remember me. 
that was his profession of faith. Here he is on his dying bed and he professes his Jesus as Lord and Savior. He recognizes him. He said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, then he says, please remember me. He recognizes him as Lord and the fact that he is Savior. He said that I go to prepare for place for you. And, you know, Jesus was all about kingdom business. He always said the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And so this thief even recognized when truth was going forth. He said, when you come into your kingdom, please remember me. Somebody is waiting for God to remember them. Open your mouth and say, Lord, remember me. I might not have prayed to you as much as I I should have, but Lord, remember me. I might not go to church and speak with them church folk like I used to, because you know how the church folk be, but Lord, remember me. And the good news about it is, even on his dying bed, that man was saved. Jesus said, truly I tell you, today you shall be with me in paradise. If you would profess, if you would say that you believe that he is the one true son of God, that you believe that he came, that he died, and he was buried, and he rose again, and that you believe he's your savior, today you could be saved. Oh, it's just that simple. Just profess it. Open your mouth and say, I believe, and I am a disciple, and you shall be saved. Today, God can change your life. Today, God can save your soul. Today, he can turn your whole situation around. And if you already saved, if you would say, Lord, remember me, he can restore you. He can cleanse you. We can rededicate and renew our vow. It's never too late if you believe. <laughs> That's good news for somebody. A deathbed uh, saving ain't too bad. But don't wait. Don't wait. Get it while you can. Get it while you're able. And, and God, he's still working in his divinity. Even though Jesus is dying, he's in the same situation. And yet he's still saving while on the cross. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving even in the in the last minute <laughs> lord jesus somebody got saved because of a life and death situation i ain't the only one and you when god spared your life you was like you know what lord i'm keep my end of the bargain i'm i'm going straight to that church <laughs> give my life to you <laughs> and as jesus is saving the soul of another he looks around he looks around and according to john in the 19th chapter he sees his mother oh my god jesus looks and sees his mother and he says woman behold thy son and then he says to his disciple john whom he loved he says to him son behold thy mother see this is significant in the sense that it shows that we need each other uh disciples we must come together we must love on each other we must have compassion for one another we are not in this alone we are better 
together. The Bible is always speaking of unity. It's time to come together with one another. He saw that his mother, if he when he died, she would be alone because according to the Jewish custom, you know, the oldest son was the head of the house. When the father had died, Joseph was already dead. And so Jesus is about to die and he must take care of his house. He didn't do a GoFundMe. (laughs) Jesus made sure that he took care of his house and made sure that things were in order. He looked and saw his disciple. He said, basically, take care of my mama. Take care of my mama. And and then he said, mama, this going to be your new son. So that the void that is to come shall be fulfilled. The Bible says a righteous man leaveth an inheritance. It was then that Jesus showed the first adoption. <laughs> okay, He's like, look, this your son and this your mama. <laughs> we need to adopt one another as brother and sister in Christ. Disciples, we, ain't, we can gang gang together. Okay. <laughs> We can meet up together because it's because of the unity and the fellowship that we grow stronger. Even the enemy knows how powerful we are when we come together because the Bible says we're two or three are gathered together in his name. There, he'll be in the midst. Oh, it's like putting up the bat signal when two or three who believe come together. Disciples, I challenge you to find another disciple and and let Jesus be in the midst. Oh my God. Take care of one another. We must have compassion. Have compassion on someone. There's going to be someone that you encounter and they're going to need help. I'm not saying be captain, come save them all the time. But there are times, you know, when somebody lying to you and when someone is truly in need, you see a need, feel a need because God has filled all of our needs. He gives us breath in our body. Even if we use that same breath to complain, he still gives us another chance. Give somebody else a chance. Give them a chance. Man, that was deep. (laughs) You know how deep it got on this cross? Because right after Jesus takes care of his earthly business, he gets his house in order, he makes sure his mother is taken care of, Uh, then there's a shift in the atmosphere. There is a total eclipse. This is where you hear those songs where it says the sun refused to shine. There's a total eclipse and the temple is rent. It's torn. It's torn apart. Okay. And now there's a shift in the way that Jesus even begins to speak. Now dig deep with me on this. There is darkness on the earth. Um, And remember, you know, the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. But when we are in our sin, we go back to darkness. Remember, he called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. It is here when the total eclipse comes that sin comes into the picture. Sin, Jesus is consumed with sin because when we are in sin, that's the furthest 
that we are from God. God ain't trying to be wrapped up in your sin. He wants us to be free of sin because he who the son sets free is free indeed. Then it's up to us to make a choice whether or not we sin. Because if you know better, you do better. And that's why we study so that we can increase our knowledge and live a straighter, narrower path so that we can make it into the gates. And here Jesus, he's no longer saying, Father, Father, Father. Uh-uh, it's a whole nother attitude on Jesus on this one. This is where the hypostatic man comes into play. And so we're gonna take a short break. I'm gonna sip me some tea and we're gonna come back and finish the rest of the seven last words. Stay tuned, keep digging deep with me disciples. Now, according to Matthew, the 27th chapter, starting at the 45th verse, he says, Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When the darkness came over the land, that's when sin entered in. Remember at the Last Supper, Jesus said, this is for my blood, for the remission of sin. Remission is the takeaway of sin. The only way that he could take away all of our sins is that he had to take on all of our sins. It was dark all over the land because he had been consumed by the sins of the world. And not just one sin, but all the sins for everybody in the world. He even took on the sins of those people who do not believe. And it's in that moment when the weight of the sins of the world are placed on Jesus on that cross that he cries out unto God. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It is in this moment where he is 100% man. Remember last year, all of us had this moment. All of us had spoken this word, God, where are you? What have you? What are you doing to the land? Why have you forsaken us? Why are you punishing us this way? We said it, we thought it, we heard it, whatever the case may be. It is in the moment when Jesus is consumed by all of the sins that he is furthest away from his divinity. And he cannot feel God anywhere near him or within him. And so now he's no longer speaking to him as a son to a father. When he says, Father, forgive them. He's now speaking as a sinner talking to God. Okay? He's a sinner now on this cross. He says, my God. 
now he's a servant. He's a man. He's man. And he's, my God, why have thou forsaken me? I feel like I'm being punished. There's so much pain. Pain is your takeaway. There will be pain on this journey. But do as Jesus did when those pains and those problems and predicaments come. Open your mouth and cry out to the one who can change it all. Don't suffer in silence. Open your mouth. Start praying to God. Ask him for whatever you want. Even if you're angry, get it out. Say what you have to say because he's the one that can lighten the load. Jesus said something that we have all said. He wouldn't he understands what we go through. When you're in agony, when you're depressed, when you're crying late in the midnight hour, he understands. He's on the cross. He's feeling it all. And he's crying out in a loud voice, Matthew says. All the other words, they're like, oh, Jesus said this. But on this one, he says he cried with a loud voice. Even Jesus, he said the disciples can't be quiet. So why would he be quiet? You can't be quiet with your praise and you can't be quiet with your pain. There you go. Never be quiet, disciples. Say something. Somebody cry out to the Lord. Somebody let those tears out. Somebody let that anger out. Listen, God understands anger and wrath. Come here, Sodom and Gomorrah. Come here, world, before he flooded this boy. He understands. He understands. But you got to tell him about it. Talk to God no matter how much it hurts. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, take that away. (laughs) Take away your thought of, um, I can't talk to God like that. Of course, we honor and reverence him. and, And God knows you do. He knows your heart. And he also knows when your heart is hurting. So he's not going to use it against you. Like, remember that time you came at me all outside of your neck? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I ain't going to answer your prayers for the next 60 days. It's not like that. It's not like that. He understands the world. He created it. He loves it. That's why he's sending Jesus to die for us on this. So we must follow the example of Christ. Do not suffer in silence. Open your mouth and ask for help. That was Jesus crying out. He was sending up an SOS. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why aren't you right here? Why isn't my loved one here? Why did you take him away? Why will they never come back on this side? Oh my God, come on here now. We all done been in pain, but don't you suffer in silence. Mm, take that away. I'm going to move on because I can go in on that one. <laughs> After that, John tells us, you know, he done cried out. He bleeding. He trying to breathe. He getting spit on and, he, and he's dying. Then he says, I thirst. <laughs> I mean, he been talking during his execution. Usually at an execution, they say you got uh, any last words and they just get that one time to talk Jesus was talking through the whole thing he he had something he had to get off his chest and so he now he's thirsty 
and the guards decide to give him vinegar to drink. You got to be careful when helping hands come, okay? Just like God hears you, the enemy is always lurking, trying to hear, trying to hear. And so the enemy appeared to come with help. Oh, he thirsty. Let me give him something to drink. But what he gave him to drink was actually meant to poison him, meant to shut him up, meant to make him be quiet. It was like the first dose of a lethal injection. That's when the prisoners started getting woozy. They start going to sleep and, you know, they start shutting down their organs. Jesus wasn't having it. (laughs) He's not even talking to them. He's telling God, listen, you know, you forsaken me and now I thirst. I thirst. What are you thirsting for? Are you thirsting for wisdom? Are you thirsting for knowledge? God can supply all of your needs, but you got to tell him what you need. I'm hungry, Lord. I'm lonely, Lord. I need companionship, Lord. I need a new job, Lord. I need uh, some finances to help me with these kids, Lord. Whatever it is that you need, tell him and he will supply. Your relationship with God has to be one that you can discern if this is from God or if it is not. You got to know, you got to know Holy Spirit. And he's saying, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. But what they meant for evil, God meant for his good. Because the moment that they gave him the vinegar and the blood dripped down on that hyssop, it fulfilled, it, it showed him what happened during Passover. They had to take the blood of a lamb and put it on hyssop and then put it on the door so that death could pass them over. I feel like Jesus was almost like, "Uh, hey, I'm thirsty. I can't, mm, I don't know. But then when the blood, (laughs) something about the blood, (laughs) y'all, the remission of sin, as he remembered his purpose, he remembered what what he was to do. And they had to uh fulfill the scripture of Isaiah where he says they gave me gall for my meat and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink he had to be thirsty he had to say it he had to go through it so that we could be able to go through whatever it is that we go through Jesus is the key he's the key he had to go through it and he went through it he asked and uh, he received, he received, but what he received was from the enemy. And sometimes we receive things from the enemy. You don't have to receive things from the enemy. You can return it to sender. <laughs> You're like, uh-uh, that ain't from God. Nah, that ain't for me. Uh, for example, I had been praying to God uh, about a certain situation and then someone came and pretended that they were the answer to the situation and we found out they had ulterior motives and I had to go to God like why did you send that over here Lord (laughs) and then Holy Spirit reminded me like I sent you warning signs several times 
to leave, <laughs> leave that situation alone. But you just kept going back. And so this is what happens. And we must discern. We must discern. And, and now Jesus, he discerns. He's, he's realizes he has fulfilled all of the things that he was assigned to do by God. And that's when he says, according to John 19, that he says, it is finished. You better take away, it ain't over until God says it's over. (laughs) So many people have counted us out. So many people have said you were done for. So many people said you can't come back from what you have come back from. But it ain't over until God says it's over. Your dream ain't over. Your marriage ain't over. Your job ain't over. Your family ain't over. It ain't over. Whatever it is, it ain't over. Say it to yourself. It ain't over until God says it's over. You you may go through it for a while, but you won't go through it by yourself. When God says it is finished, then it's a done deal. He ain't said it's finished on you because he keep waking you up over and over and over again. It ain't over for you because he keep giving you vision and vision and vision after vision. It ain't over for you because he keep opening doors. He keep pouring out blessing. Your cup keep running over. It ain't over. The next time you get a problem, you better look that problem in the face and say, it ain't over. Listen, God has the last word. He has the last say. He determines when it is finished. And because we are his people, it'll never be finished until we have fulfilled all that he has ordained for us to do. So don't don't sweat the little stuff. You still got purpose. Somebody say, I got purpose. I say, I got purpose. In the name of Jesus. And lastly, after he had fulfilled all the things that he was supposed to, Jesus takes one last breath and he says, Father. Now, hey, he back in his divinity. He is back. Guess who's back? Jesus. Hypostatic man, 100% God is back. He says, Father, into thy hands. I commit my spirit. Look, they could try to break your body, but they ain't going to break your spirit. They can't take your spirit. They can't take what don't belong to them. You belong to the most high God. His spirit dwells within you. Listen, sticks and stones. They is, Listen, the world ain't got nothing on what God has for you. Your life is best and better in the hands of God. What better hands would you want to be in? What better hands could take care of you? What better hands than the ones that shaped and molded the world? The ones that put the stars in the sky? The one that made the sun shine? Come on, what better hands could you be in? 
forget that other insurance company talking about you in good hands. Now, these hands right here, these hands have proof and evidence that they sacrificed for us. These hands have proof and evidence that they love us and care for us, that they molded us out of the clay, that they created the whole world. Them hands, those are the best hands to ever be in. Now, if you trust God and put your life in his hands, you will see how much better your life will be. Trust God by any means necessary. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. Lastly, I need you to know, after Jesus gave up the ghost, what ghost? Holy ghost. Because remember, he was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit descended on him as a dove okay and that's when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit but then uh, after he dies there's a great earthquake Mm -hmm. show us (laughs) there was an earthquake and upon the earthquake the dead rose I just want y'all to know what happened (laughs) the dead rose and many people gave an account that they saw the dead risen and walking through the cities so when we say and the dead in Christ shall rise that won't be the first time that the dead have risen The Bible shows us that the dead rose when Jesus, he died on the cross. Now, if you want to know what verse it is, leave me a voice message. That's how I'm going to get (laughs) y'all. Y'all been leaving voice messages and God bless you. But I need you to leave me some answers. Because I'll tell you on the next episode where the verse is. Love (laughs) y'all. Go forth. Be great in God and walk, walk in your purpose. Hold your head up. We out of here, disciples. Hey, street disciples. Want to know how you can get connected and stay connected? It's so simple. Get connected, follow, favorite, and subscribe to this show. Get the first notifications of the latest episodes. Stay connected. Like our Facebook page and join the private group. You'll know you're in the right place because it has the same graphic as the podcast. Here you can comment on weekly discussions and I'll do some lives and there's daily encouragement. And get a sneak peek of up and coming events and episodes. Listen, last but not least, you can definitely leave me a voice message. I'll answer whether it's a prayer request or you got an idea for an episode. You want to be a guest on the show. You got music for the show or you want me to be a guest on your show. Let's do it. It's all about the kingdom connection and kingdom building. We're doing big things in the kingdom. Come on, let's go.